Subway Final Word. And welcome into the Subway Final Word. We are all remote here. Everyone's doing it from the comfort of their spaces. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by our always esteemed panel, Mark Madden from 105.9 The X. Mark, how's it going? I would like to suggest that Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN take the time he has because he's suspended to get his charisma bypass surgery reversed. <laughs> and from AM 1250, The Answer, John Staggerwald. John, how's it going? Good. I'm ready for some spring football because I think that's all we're going to get. Ready for whatever sports come our way whenever they do come right, our right. way. And from our friends and partners at DK's DK Pittsburgh Sports. There we go. I'll get back into it some way. Dayan Kovacevic. Dayan, how's it going? Easy for you to say, Jen. I blame that one on the Zoom. That's what everyone else does, right? Just, oh, the Zoom threw me off. <laughs> Just a little glitch. That's it. That's all that's happening here. Um, well, we got a whole lot to talk about today. Training camp for the NHL for the Pens starts on Monday. Just, you know, a couple hours away. It's kind of crazy to believe. And then games, you know, they're less than three weeks away. That opening series against Montreal for the Pens. But I think one of the big questions that everyone's wondering, you know, who's better than the Pens? Who has more of a chance of success? Is there a team that does? Mark, I'll pose this one to you to start off here. I think the single biggest threat to the Penguins is the Boston Bruins because they have a deep team. They have talent up top with the Berger online, and they grind it up. They wear you down. They would be the toughest nut for the Penguins to crack in a seven-game series. Uh, the Penguins usually struggle at Boston. Obviously, home ice won't be a factor in these playoffs. But I think the Penguins' biggest obstacle is that they slid back to that fifth seed. They're going to have to beat three great teams just to get to the Stanley Cup final. Usually the seeding doesn't matter that much in hockey, but now that they're reseeding after every round, getting the number one seed in that 14 round robin that starts the playoffs, that is pure gold. That will mean so much. The way it is with that reseeding, your bracket can't get busted. The Penguins are gonna play tough team after tough team after tough team. There is a lot of competition in the Eastern Conference, especially. John, I'll pose this to you. You know, what's the, big, the Penn's biggest obstacle? Well, I think you have to pick the Bruins. Uh, I go along with Mark just because they look like the best team in the, whatever we had there of the regular season. But, you know, the usual suspects are in there. The Capitals, uh, Tampa uh, Bay is going to be good. Um, it's, uh, and the, the main thing for the Penguins is uh, it's themselves, I think. And that's for all the teams is to be able to stay healthy through the playoffs, you know, they've had a long layoff. All the teams are pretty much healthy, except for the teams that have lost players for the season. But the Penguins, one bit of good news for this is getting Getzel back uh, after he was supposed to be out probably at least until late into the regularly scheduled playoffs. So uh, I just think it's, it's if they are able to play it, which I have my doubts it's even going to be played still, but if they are able to play it, uh, it's a great tournament. Whether or not it's the actual Stanley Cup, uh, you know, I guess they'll give the trophy away, but um, it, there's no one team out there that I think you can pick for the Penguins. It's just they just better be ready to play because, as Mark said, there's there's a bunch of them in there that can beat them. And just the amount of parity, too. I think that's what's going to yeah. be so exciting. You know, this really, you don't want to say all the time, pretty much any team has a shot, but really yeah. a lot, a lot of teams have a shot. Dayan, you know, who's better than the Pens right now? Uh, on paper, the Tampa Bay Lightning are better than everybody, but it doesn't matter. Uh, because as we saw last year, you know, they were better than everybody, and then they got 
swept in four games by a franchise that had never won a playoff round before in Columbus. So uh, the Lightning also have gotten some bad news in the last couple of days, and that Steven Stamkos is, is going to be out for the first part of camp. Stamkos is often hurt. That's probably not a minor thing, uh, especially considering who he is and what he means to them. So I'm with Mark on, on Boston, but I'm not ready to write off uh, – I don't know what was wrong with the Capitals this season. I never really got a good feel for that. You know, uh, they, you know, Alexander Ovechkin had a tremendous year, but the Capitals overall just weren't really themselves. Uh, so I, I wouldn't rule out Washington being a threat, but the biggest threat is the one that Mark cited. They have to beat, as he mentioned, three great teams, but they also have to win four rounds just to get to the Stanley Cup final. That's asking an awful lot, even of a deep, talented group like what the Penguins have. Yeah, it's very likely they'll have to play Washington, Boston, and Tampa just to get to the Stanley Cup final, unless Philadelphia does them a favor and gets the fourth seed coming out of that round robin, because I do believe the Penguins would make short work of Philadelphia. The yeah, but the Flyers, the Flyers were the hottest team in the league, too, Mark. You saw that in February that was and March. Four and a half months ago. Yeah, well, and the but good that's news still is this the season. other teams also have to play three good teams. So you know. Oh the, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a bloodletting in all directions. I believe, like Jenna said, like there's the parity. Space, not like the Penguins face. The Penguins in that number five seed. That five seed is tough. Yeah. There, there, there are probably five teams that can win the cup, and the Penguins will have to play three on route just to get to the final. But you know what, Mark? When they've won their championships, that's always been the path too, though, hasn't it? Except when they played Mont uh, Minnesota in the first final, who were under 500. Okay, well, we're going back to 91, but yeah. Every rule, but that receding. I can't emphasize enough how much the top seed has because of the receding every round. And as a result, the number five seed ain't got no advantage. The brackets can get busted. It's going to be rough, but the Penguins are capable of it. No question. If there was a team that was capable, again, exactly, it's the Penguins. Well, we're going to take a quick break here on the Subway Final Word. Coming up in a little bit, we are talking some baseball. And if championships should or shouldn't have asterisks next to them this season, again, reminder that your Subway is open for delivery and takeout. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Subway Final Word. And welcome back into the Subway Final Word. Hockey just around the corner. Baseball also, hopefully, I feel like we have to say hopefully with all of these things because we know how quickly things can change. And with things changing quickly, we're starting to see a couple players, in particular baseball and hockey, uh, we haven't seen, I guess, a ton of football yet, deciding that they're going to opt out. I think we'll see a lot more hockey with the 5 p.m. deadline on Monday. But with these players opting out in these sports, does it give some um, 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 um of the championships? Do you want to put an asterisk there? Does it need to be that way? John, I'll start with you on this one. 
Well, asterisks uh, sometimes aren't needed because uh, you're, you're going to have to be pretty old, uh, uh, you know, uh, 20 years from now, not to remember what 2020 was about. Uh, everybody's going to remember that it was a completely strange year and, and nothing was the same. But, um, you know, I, I think it's so obvious that everything is so different that there's no need to remind anybody with an asterisk because everybody's going to either accept these uh, if there are any championships as real championships. And look, if you, uh, we just talked about how tough it will be for any team to get through and win, a sta- win that uh, tournament that they're going to have, that they're going to call the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you get through that, you've done something, and it, it's not that much different, in, at least in the NHL's uh, case, from going to the regular playoffs. So uh, you're a legitimate champion. It's just, uh, just because you delayed it a couple of months doesn't change it. Baseball playing a 60-game season, that's a little different. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, pro football, but college football, that championship is meaningless anyway. So I don't think you ever need an asterisk for that. It's, it's a joke. So, uh, But the NHL champion, everybody's going to remember as a champion. The other sports will see. And it's just so interesting because I feel like the players opting out is kind of just this first little step here. There's so many more things that could go wrong that could happen. Obviously, we don't think entirely negative, but you got to be a little bit realistic with it. Dan, I'll go to you here. Is there a need for an asterisk at all? Well, for championships, no. Uh, A championship is a championship. To me, if anything, as John, I think, was suggesting, not to put words in his mouth here, uh, it's actually going to be tougher in a lot of ways to win a championship Uh, in this setting, in the NHL and in the NBA. Uh, For individuals, that's a little different. I've seen projected home run totals in Major League Baseball of like six or seven for some of the game's biggest sluggers. Um, That's going to be one where people are going to look at the back of a baseball card and go, what in the world was that? Well, that's what. They didn't play very many games. Uh, But to to knock anybody, especially from the standpoint of, uh, you mentioned the opt-outs, Jenna, to me, You're going to end up, I guarantee you this, in in all sports, you're going to end up with a higher participation level, even with the opt-outs, just from the standpoint that everybody's had these four months to completely heal and get healthy than you would in a normal playoff or a normal setting. That is an interesting point. And we see a lot of guys, you know, contemplating opting out and then saying, you know, there were times where I thought about it, but at the end of the day, they just wanted to get back on the field, on the ice, whatever, for their particular sport. Mark, what are your thoughts here? The opt-outs are just like injuries. You don't put an asterisk next to a championship in a season where a key player from a team that doesn't win gets hurt, a guy that might have affected who won had he stayed healthy. So no asterisk in that regard. Uh, If anything, you should put an asterisk next to whoever wins because it's going to be so difficult to get through all this and win a championship, whether the season's short, whether the season's uh, been compromised by too many teams in the playoffs of – as I've come to think is the case with the NHL, by the way, they should have taken 16 teams and that's it. So no, I don't see a need at all for an asterisk. Whoever wins, wins. And yeah, uh, Staggy's right too. We'll remember 2020. We'll remember the way the season was affected without use of an asterisk. You guys are kind of on the same playing field today. I don't know how to feel about this here. Yeah, we love each other. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> well, here. here's one thing, Jenna, I am rooting for. I'm rooting for someone to hit 400 in baseball. So Ooh. I can say he's the first 400 hitter in a season since Ted Williams. And I like it. Doris, their heads could explode. <laughs> that might need an asterisk. <laughs> then we might bring the asterisk in. No, 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 it's a season. Nope. We've already it is. a season. plate appearances per your team's game. That's all you need. It's the only thing that's in the rule book. Mark's completely right on this. Amen. 
Well, you mentioned baseball. We're moving right on to baseball. We'll kind of keep this one a little bit quick, but what's going to be, who is going to be the biggest key to success on field, on the field for the Pirates this season? Dan, we'll start with you. I mean, there are obvious guys that you expect, you know, to perform really well. Brian Reynolds, Josh Bell, Kevin Newman. Uh, for me, the, the biggest variable on the team is Joe Musgrove, uh, because I think he's going to be kind of the swing vote on the rotation. Trevor Williams is a steady guy. Mitch Keller has a lot of potential. And there's a reason he's been seen as a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Uh, but to me, Joe Musgrove is the guy who would benefit the most from what Oscar Marin, the new pitching coach, has been preaching about working up in the zone. Uh, he has the arm. He has the potential. He showed last season stretches where he went deep into games, really deep into games, eighth, ninth inning, stuff that you don't see a lot of anymore. Uh, he's the guy. He's the one I think has to step up the most. Mark, who do you think? Well, obviously pitching in general is the key. And I think if every Pirate pitcher has a career year, uh, they might finish 500. But I looked at their stats, and only one of them has ever had a career year worth anything. That was Trevor Williams a couple years back. These guys are career bums, or in the case of Mitch Keller, a guy who hasn't had the chance to mine his considerable potential. So I just think there's no way out. I think this is a 25-win team at best, and that's even if some of the pitchers have a career year. John, are you kind of on the same playing field with pitchers? Is it like a different guy no, for you? I'm going to go with uh, Polanco. He's kind of the forgotten man. He only played, I think, 42 games last year. He's going to be 29 years old in September, so he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's supposed to be, at this point, four, five, six years ago, we were hearing he was, you know, they were talking about him in the same breath as Dave Parker or people like that. He's not that, but with Marte gone, uh, they need to get make up some of that, and, and he's mm -hmm. going to have to do it, and he's going to have to be able to play some defense in right field. Uh, but I think if they, could, if they could get him to show some power, and, I, you know, maybe six or seven will lead the league, but if, if he can put together something that looks like a, a 20 or 25 home run season in a, in a regular 162-game season, then uh, that makes up for, for what they lost with Marte, and it also might make the games a little bit more entertaining. And, and that, the other thing is, this guy is still could be part of their future. At some point, he's got to show that he's not just a bust, which as of right now, right. that's what he is, a bust. Well, we just got a couple weeks until we'll see, hopefully again, see this all in action. We're going to take another quick break here, and when we come back, your final word. Stick with us. Final word. And welcome back into the Subway final word. We'll get right to it. Mark, your final word. Today is a red letter day. I would like to wish my heartiest congratulations to Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Kardashian. Oh, no. <laughs> because Juju Smith-Kardashian hit one million followers on his YouTube channel. For Juju Smith-Kardashian, it's not about Pro Bowls. It's not about All Pro. It's not about winning because he fumbled the last two years' playoff bursts away. With Smith Kardashian, it's about YouTube hits. One million. Way to go, Juju Smith Kardashian. John, your final word. Well, Good I luck, happen to John. come across. Oh, me? No. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You just good luck following that one. No, oh, me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I, I happened to come across uh, the news today that a MLS game, that's a major league soccer uh, was, game, was canceled today. Uh, Toronto was supposed to play Washington, and they canceled the game because 
one player tested uh, unconfirmed possible uh, positive test for COVID-19, and another player was maybe positive, not confirmed for COVID-ID, and they canceled the game. This is what makes me think they're just not going to be uh, sports. There's just no way. They, they canceled the game. These guys didn't even test positive 100% and, and no game. So that's going to happen everywhere. And I, to get back to what I said at the beginning of the show, I think that the one thing that makes the most sense of all of this is spring football. I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me with that, but that that's going to give six, seven, eight months for all this insanity to go away, and they might actually be able to do it. That's the all that that's that shows you how, how pessimistic I am. I think that's the best chance of having any kind of a season. It does kind of seem like it keeps getting pushed back a little yeah. bit. Until it's like we have to make a decision on something. Yeah. Day in your final word. The only thing that has me more uneasy than John having to spell out that MLS stands for Major League Soccer yeah. is the fact that Major League Baseball players are going to be getting on planes and traveling around. Uh, to th Their schedule is as if it's just a normal year. I I'm surprised there hasn't been more fuss about this. The Pirates are in St. Louis twice in a span of 13 days. They play a two-game series in Minneapolis a night game and a day game. They could have played both of those on the same day. Whoever made the schedule was stuck in 1965 and had no idea what happened here. Mark's talking, and rightly so, about the risks that the NHL is taking by having individual camps instead of getting everybody in the bubble at the same time. Wow, look what baseball's doing. And that's unlike what John is talking about, is the perception. That's reality. It is going to be... A very interesting couple weeks. It feels like we're so close, and who knows what's going to happen, and, you know, things can change at the snap of a finger. Yeah, so far. We're, we're staying where we are for right now. We'll take it. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Subway Final Word. Be sure to stick with us. Check us out on social media. Have a great night.